Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. It doesn't matter what they say, always check it. I always trust what people say. And at the beginning, I had a lot of setbacks because I said like, hey, you know, like we're doing this and I trust that it was being done and then things didn't get done. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I am Mike Veldhuis, business owner of the Dutch IT company Nalta and podcaster from the Netherlands. I just love the Women in Tech podcast by the talented Esprit Devora. It's made with passion and creativity. It gives insight into the world of inspirational women from all around the globe. But most of all, it's fun to listen to. Esprit Devora truly is the girl who gets it done. Self-worth. Self-worth is a funny situation. Self-worth determines like if we have low prices, maybe it's because we don't value ourselves enough. If we don't set boundaries, maybe it's because we don't value ourselves enough. There's this really fine line between, you know, making space for others and just really not valuing ourselves and not from like a good, holistic, philanthropic, loving place, but in a place from low self-worth. And I know for my 2022, I've mentioned this before, my North Star is learning self-love. All these self-words, sorry for the the cheesy, sappy, LA sounding terminology. (laughs) I've been learning a lot about how different business leaders operate their business and their pricing models and self-worth comes into such strong play in the decisions they make and how they, they format their operations and what kind of uh, boundaries they set around how much time they give their customers, their members, and um, how what kind of attention they pay to their team and et cetera. It's just really, really interesting. So I think self-worth is something to really explore. People who have had the, the luckiness to have naturally discovered confidence and cockiness, I'm not talking about that. You're good on your own. You don't need a lesson in self-worth. You got so much self-worth, you don't even know what to do with it. But us... Little hippie capitalists over here, we need to work on our self-worth and make sure that we're valuing ourselves so that we have all the energy that to serve to the best of our abilities. Anyway, little cheesy personal spot today. Enjoy the next episode. Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest, Jennifer, coming at us from Mexico. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Esprit. It's so wonderful to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. And I love how we met too. But before we get into that, let's talk about you. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Perfect. I am uh, Jennifer and I'm the CEO and co-founder at OKVoy. Uh, we are a startup focusing in giving back time 
to people by having an awesome experience automating their homes. And we met through a 10K program by this amazing entrepreneur named Kay. Tell us a little bit about it. What is your experience with his program? Oh, so far I have loved it. Um, I, I got into it because I want to do more with the time that I've got. And, you know, like find balance between family and startup and fundraising and all of that. So I was really excited to get more tricks on how to be more productive. So far, great experience. And they actually delivered every single thing that I expected out of the program. It's been amazing. If you want to check out what both Jennifer and I are involved in, go to radreads.ceo. That's radreads.co. Did I say CEO? .co. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll include it in the show notes as well. So Jennifer, tell, tell us a little bit about when you first became interested in technology and business. Oh, so far. <laughs> so long time ago. Um, I was just graduating from uh, university and I started doing a lot of social impact um, activities. And after, I guess, like a year, I thought like, oh, my God, this, this, this cannot grow, you know, like you cannot impact that many people at once. And there I started talking to a lot of friends that were in tech and I just got like seriously into it. I loved it. I loved the impact. I loved how scalable uh, it could be. And, and yeah, that was, I think that was my first contact. We started a company creating software development for uh, some, some countries, Sweden in one of them. And from there, we wanted to do our own products and we started gassing and fast forward. Now I'm in OK Boy, but yeah, that was first contact with tech. What would you say has been in your growing journey? What has been an obstacle you successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Uh, I think the biggest obstacle so far has been, you know, like hearing all those no's that you always hear, like when you when you're a startup and when you the last startup I founded, it was a hardware company. So we got a lot of no's. People, it's super scared with hardware. They don't understand it. It's really hard to scale. Uh, that's true. But but yeah, I think the no's, you know, like the idea of pitching and giving yourself into like everyone so you can get fundraising or you can get the best talent. And, and yeah, you just have to have thick skin, you know, keep on trying. And that's how I successfully change my mind through no's because at the beginning I was really sad about them. But now, you know, I just take a no and I say like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I'll keep on trying. And was your last company your first company? Uh, yes, it was my first company where we fundraised and we actually like shipped the product and yeah, it was very exciting. It, it, it closed last year, no, two years ago and it was hard, you know, with COVID and we couldn't fundraise series A and yeah, a lot of, a lot of lessons learned. What's the fundraising process been like? What was it like before? And are you fundraising again for this company? I'm fundraising. Uh, actually, I'm starting this month to fundraise again. One year ago, we closed a round of $1 million to start like the whole vision we had. And in my previous company, it was really, really, really tough to fundraise uh, for hardware. Uh, that, that was my experience. I know some entrepreneurs that do it awesomely. For us, it was really tough. And we got really into the 
into the issue of being founded in Mexico and then going after investors in the U.S. And it, it was tough that side too. Where did you learn how to fundraise? Raising a million dollars is not easy. Did you do that on your own or did you do it with your co-founders? Uh, actually, that's a very good story. Um, it was like, you know, like everything aligned. I was just going out of, of, of Gassen and we were discussing about, you know, like how could we scale Gassen if we didn't have hardware and, and you know, like all the, all the purpose that we had in terms of transparency and an awesome service. So yeah, with, with my co-founders and with some previous investors that we had, we discussed it and we talked about how could we scale a, a, a new company based in different uh, technologies. And yeah, that's, that's, how we, that's how we did it. And what would you say was the most successful thing you did in fundraising? What really worked? Uh, I think follow-up. Follow-up, it's the best. When you fundraise, then you see, like you are, you have to be very consistent on the info you're sharing. You have to be very transparent on like, where are you going? And you have to be very honest on, on how you see the future in your company, in your team, in your investors. And I think that really worked for us. Uh, we were just simply like, you know, this is what we want to do. This is the money that we need. This is where it's going to take us and follow up uh, all the time, following up with them. Did you have a specific contact management system you used to organize your communication with investors and follow up? Uh, right now, we only do uh, mailing with them, uh, you know, through, through MailChimp. In terms of the funeral, we are going to use uh, Airtable that right now, like we have so many air tables about investors and so on. So we just go through them. We select the ones that we believe are like a very good uh, fit to us. And we start funneling in pipe drive. In pipe drive. I have pipe drive. Yeah, I what, use that. <laughs> it, I love it. It's an Estonian company. I think there's so many people who don't effectively manage their relationships. So how do you handle things with fluidity utilizing pipe drive? So everybody that's going out there, either trying to build up their customer base or or investors or whatever it is that they're doing to build relationships, what's the best process in utilizing pipe drive? I think the thing that I like the most about pipe drive is that you can create your own funeral and you can select uh, how many days does each stage look like uh, you know, like uh, what are the next steps that you want to do? You can add documents. You can even connect your email. So for me, I, I first do that. I create the funnel. I set up the days that I believe each uh, stage should have. And then with PipeDrive, it's very simple to, you know, like by colors, check if there is a deal that it's rotten, that shouldn't be there, that's still there. So that way you can change like through the whole funnel. And in terms of, of management, like from there, I just take out the emails and I send uh, an email through MailChimp. I know Pipedrive, you can do that in there. I just, I don't do it because I already have the design and everything on MailChimp. But, but yeah, I mean, you can, if you wouldn't want to do that there, you can also do it uh, other ways. Uh, also, the very nice thing about Pipedrive is that you can send documents so in case you wanted to send some documents for them to read, for them to sign, for them to agree on, uh, that's something that you can do too. So, so yeah, that's, that's how we've managed so far. 
another great new startup that came out is called Relatable. So definitely check out Relatable and we'll include it in the show notes. It's by the founder who created Contactually. So pretty exciting. Where's your company today? How many people do you have on your team? And then where would you all like to go? What's your what's your vision of where you'd like to go? Uh, so right now we have uh, five cities that we are operating. Uh, we have around 30,000 downloads. Uh, we have active users uh, around three to 5,000 a month that are currently purchasing or selecting services. We have 20 people on the team, well, 21 people in the team, and we've been growing steadily. You know, like we started with one city, with one service only, and right now we are in five cities with seven different services for home, and we plan in our future just to be the first spot or the first place to go to when you want to automate any service at your home, being uh, the cleaning, uh, you know, the garden, uh, everything from gas that you need, water, uh, you know, paying all your receipts. And we want people to trust in one place all their all their budget where they can share the budget with their family and and be just a place where they can share content on how to be more uh, happy and you know like we always say like happy homes happy lives and that's part of our mottos the biggest problem i have with your company is that you're not in the u.s why are you so mean (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i know you know like when we started it we were like okay you know like let's first figure out mexico and once we figure out this chaotic country uh with all its challenges and everything we're sure we can you know like blossom in any other country or region so so yeah we're starting here because we are here but but yeah we plan to grow we don't want to be uh, only in mexico uh, our main focus in is latam uh but yeah we see us as, as another market too so what are the advantages of building in mexico versus other parts of the world uh well we have a lot of advantages in terms of if you want to collaborate with people, you know, now that remote work, it's being super empowered. Uh, I think we have a very good time zone to work with people all the way from the south of Latam to, to, to Mexico. And, you know, like the pricing, it's a thing that I would say that it's very interesting. Like we have incredible engineers at a very fair price. Another thing, I think it's the culture itself. Uh, here in Mexico, we are like super hard workers, but like we also know how to have fun and we make very good teams in terms of a sense of purpose and being together and, you know, like just uh, also building good relationships. So that I would say it's it's very nice in terms of building teams here in, in Mexico. About the market, you know, like we are digitalizing ourselves, like, we were way behind the U.S. or Canada or Europe. And right now we are we are actually growing. Uh, so there's tons of opportunities. Uh, actually, you can see it by the fintech scenario in Mexico. Like there's so many fintech companies right now because they are democratizing the access to credit or to or to uh, financial. So so, yeah, that's been very helpful. I think that as a region we will be growing a lot in the next couple of years. 
going from having a hardware company to the company you have now, what's been some significant pros and cons of hardware versus versus a non-hardware tech company? What do you like really love about hardware that you don't have? And then what do you love that you have now that you didn't have with hardware? You know, I think hardware is like a bittersweet story of love and hate for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it because the impact you get and, you know, you, you stay at the home. Uh, my previous company, we did um, actually uh, smart metering for stationary tanks so you can buy propane. And, you know, like we wanted to give all this transparency and, and a better service so people really know that they're getting what they're paying. And from that part, the idea of actually shipping a product and the people being super excited and happy about the product and people in Argentina shared for us a video like, hey, we're using your product. We're so happy about it. And that part, it's, it's amazing, you know, like that, that contact. Um, but to be honest, I, I love software. Like <laughs> I, I, I really, I really like the, the sweet things about hardware, but the tough things about hardware are like really, really tough. You know, uh, right now the shortage, it hurt us a lot uh, two years ago. I cannot even imagine how hard it is right now because it's getting even worse and worse and worse. And for us, it was a nightmare. So here in software, like software is so reliable, you know, like if you get a problem, if something is not working, uh, you go to your servers, you go to your team and and your engineers are always like on top of it. And you know, it's going to get fixed. Uh, give us like one hour and that that will be it. But in hardware, if you had an issue, like, oof, it's, it's, it's painful. Because first you have to discover what the issue is. And you know, it's not like something that you can figure out just by running the code. Like you actually have to test what is not working. Uh, so that part was very painful. Certifications too, like they're a pain. In software, you don't have that. Like, you know, you just make it safe and, and that's it. And you don't have to be certified by 33 companies different around the world telling you that your product is safe to use. So, so yeah, I think those are like bittersweet things about hardware software. And what has been both, I mean, so many people idolize being a founder uh, especially with the movies and TV and all this th this kind of stuff. I've been a founder the majority of my career. What are some of the pros and cons for you being a founder? And do you notice that there's certain advantages in being an entrepreneur in Mexico versus other places of the world? Okay, so about pros of being a founder, I think like the thing that I love the most about being a founder is the sense of responsibility and impact that you get not only through all the things that you're building, but also through the team that you watch grow and all the opportunities that you can open to your customers, to your alliances, to your to your team. So I think that's like the biggest part. You have a lot of sense of purpose and that's beautiful. At least for me, I love it. Cons, it's really tough. Like. You know, I'm, I'm a single mom and it's I struggle a lot with time and with, you know, just managing priorities between family and company and times. And that's 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 hard. At least it has been for me. 
It's funny because we're told as found like the perception is the founders have all the free time in the world. <laughs> no, we, not at all. Yeah, my, my <laughs> friend says founders are the only group of people who work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, and, and it's hard because uh, once again, like you're doing something that you love and sometimes it's like, 8 p.m. and my son comes and says like mom what are you doing like and I'm like you know like yeah it's true like the time passes by so fast and I'm like no yeah yeah let's let's you know like let's play let's do something but but yeah it's tough I mean in that sense it's really hard to be a founder because you're doing something that you love and you're really passionate and sometimes like you don't even see the time passing by but then again like you we need balance you know that's something that we've learning in in this in with k like you need balance you need to set priorities you need to to say like hey you know like this is the time where i'll stop working and just be a mom or be present or yeah. work on myself 100 percent. what's a piece of advice someone's given you that has really helped propel you in your career oh always check it <laughs> that's always the best advice it? i've been <laughs> yeah what's that mean uh, Oh, check uh, it, like you review know, it. Yeah. <laughs> One of my best mentors uh, once told me like, Jenny, it doesn't matter what they say, always check it. You know, like it's it's been powerful because I, I'm a very, I, I always trust what people says. And at the beginning, I had a lot of, yeah, setbacks because I said like, hey, you know, like we're doing this and I trust that it was being done. And then things didn't get done. So like always checking it and I've been getting better and better at it, you know, like just being very uh, on how you delegate and how you, you know, like how you make sure that you're taking uh, the steps that you need to take at a time. And if something is out out of hands, like you can actually react to it. Uh, So checking it, it's one of the best advice. I've been given. Tell me about it. There's been some severe things that if I didn't check them, like bad stuff would have happened. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking know, of something very specific right now that I can't even believe. I'm like, thank goodness I checked that. <laughs> what? What was it? A few years ago, I produced private experiences, in-person experiences for the LA Tech community. And I had had someone who handled producing it for me and I was in another country I was on tour for the women in tech podcast and I think it was uh two days before or maybe the day before I called the venue because I wanted to change the reservation number from like whatever how many people it was to like another number or something like that like it was something that had nothing to do with anything and they're like we don't have a reservation for you I'm like what do you mean They're like, yeah, there's nothing here. I'm like, what do you mean? And so I checked and something was done wrong, you know. So, yeah, luckily I discovered it in time to go to everybody that was attending and say, hey, there's not something. Um, So they didn't draw. It was a and it was a thing that was like an hour and a half outside of the city. So thank goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people would have been mad. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, what? Check it like always. It works. No, you know what? It's not even checking it. I mean, it is checking it, but it's not checking it as in like check each thing. It's as as entrepreneurs, I think 
the thing that doesn't get talked about enough is how crucial it is to have phenomenal processes with checklists in place so mistakes like this just like get mitigated because if you have a checklist with the process in place you could just see if something wasn't checked off like confirmation for an event <laughs> you know? like, yeah i yeah. know processes rock you know they're hard to implement when you're starting i have to say like um for example right now in okay boy like we have so many processes that are not yet landed but because we are changing them literally every month like you know like let's get better at these let's get these automated and i think it's a challenge at the beginning but it's something that you should be always working on like having processes and checking on the most important things that will actually move the needle i think those those are like priorities you cannot forget as a founder Yeah, totally agree. Speaking of checklists, there's this tool that I found. I haven't started using it yet, but it looks really cool called Checkly. I think it's C-H-E-C-K-L-I, Checkly. I'll look it up too to make sure I have that right. And we'll include it in the show notes. It's random. I don't know who created it and I haven't used it, but it looks really cool. What's your favorite tool? It could be a website, mobile app. What's your favorite one? Oh, lately I'm, I'm in love with Data Studio. Uh, data from, studio yeah <laughs> i know it doesn't seem like a very uh awesome tool but for us it has given us so many visuals on how we are and like all the services that we are finishing and you know all the important metrics of our company so yeah that is studio i have to say like right now i'm loving it I'm and data studio it. by google right yeah correct And yes, Checkly was Checkly.com. So we'll include everything in the show notes. What is somebody is a must follow that you recommend? It could be a podcast, can be a YouTuber, someone on Twitter, Instagram, anything. Who's a must follow? I love Ben Horowitz. I think he always always shares things like so random. Uh, But, you know, some of them are like very interesting data, even more for co-founders. Uh, and some other are just like random stuff, but I, I really like his style. And what is a book that you recommend we read? Uh, right now I'm reading, um, well, Atomic Habits. I really like it. Ooh, That's James the previous Clear. one. No, but yeah, look up the I culture mean, book. Look up the culture. I'm curious. It's because I don't have it here. I used to, but it's, um, you know, it's based on stories on how you can build awesome cultures and how... Uh, you know, children work better than adults because of the communication and how they they are able to take better decision making, a faster decision maker. I, I really love the I'm, I'm loving it. I hadn't finished it, uh, but I, I really, really culture code. I really love it. Culture code. Yeah. The culture code by Daniel Coyle. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Coyle. Coyle. Oh, yeah. the yeah. Cold, I have heard of that. The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Awesome. Is there anything that comes to mind that you wanted to share that you haven't shared? Oh, yeah, so many things. Like, do you know something that I've learned um, and an answer that I didn't give you is that sometimes people tell you like, hey, you're, you're in Mexico, how hard it is, how easy it is. And I think right now they're going to be like very challengeful moments for everyone no matter the region. So like, let's just keep on helping each other and let's just create ecosystems and, and places where you can share and grow and connect. So, so yeah, as women or as co-founders 
or as uh, you know, startups that are building the next great thing that can actually help a lot of people. Uh, yeah, keep just being together. You know, I think that's that's been very helpful for me. All the communities that I've been at and all the doors that you can open for people that might be starting. That's maybe not important to you, but as you grow older and as you fundraise more and you help more, you realize that it's a lot of impact for those that are only starting. How can people connect with you? I mean, Twitter at, at Jen Reynap. Uh, you can search me with J-E-N-N-R-E-Y-N-A-P at Twitter. Perfect. Oh, and we have tons of people listening around the world. If there's one thing that we could do to support and accelerate your success, what would that be? Uh, share. Share with any friend that you have in Mexico that OK Boy is the best experience to automate all the services at their home. Uh, that would be great. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech community at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you talk to you all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. Jenny Ferreina, I'm CEO and co-founder at OKBoy. OK we are automating all the home services and payments with an awesome experience. We are based in Mexico, in Guadalajara, and you are listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.